Here we are at episode 62 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. Here on the podcast, we try to provide you with some insight into the people, the places, the companies, organizations, and issues that make up Wichita's important business community. One of those issues, again, is who will lead this state as governor for the next four years. We're working to get each of the candidates for governor on the podcast before the August primary. We're coming down to it, obviously. We've heard from Democrats Josh Schwatty, Laura Kelly, and Carl Brewer. Also, Republican Ken Seltzer and Independent Greg Orman. This time, it's Dr. Jim Barnett of Emporia. My conversation with Dr. Barnett in a moment. First, some details about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. 73 Wichita area women are participating in the second year of our Career Women program. The participants get a chance to meet each other, make some connections, and share their opinions about professional life and about Wichita. They participated in some roundtable discussions here at the Business Journal. Some themes came out of those discussions, and we share what's on their minds in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. That's on page 14. Every two weeks, we produce a feature called Wichita, A Good Place to Start a Business. It's about resources for those who want to start or who have started a new business. This week, we feature the recalibration of the E2E Accelerator. They have new leadership, and we report on how the Accelerator can help new companies. That's on page 7. This week's list, residential real estate brokerages, ranked by total 2017 residential sales value, page 8. Well, if you're looking for sales leads, we have them in our leads section. It includes the latest building permits, new corporations, real estate transactions, who owes back taxes, new lawsuits. This week, it starts on page 24. Back with Republican candidate for governor, Jim Barnett, in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business, that is is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Jim Barnett grew up on a farm and is a physician from Emporia. He's a former state senator and a former school board member. He was the Republican nominee for governor back in 2006. He was defeated in the general election by Kathleen Sebelius. He also ran for Congress in 2010 but lost the primary to Tim Hulescamp. Barnett chose Rosie Hansen to be his running mate, She's also his wife. You'll notice some clicks during the podcast. I'm not sure what caused those, and I tried to get rid of them. I wasn't able to completely get rid of them. It doesn't impact what is said, but it may be a little bit annoying. I apologize to you, the listener, and I apologize to Dr. Barnett. Jim Barnett, Republican candidate for governor. Welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Bill. Where do you describe yourself on the political spectrum? Conservative, Republican? How do you describe yourself when you're talking to people around the state? You know, I don't like labels. I've resisted those all along. But I'll tell you this. I think I represent the values of most Kansans, and I'll spell those out. Most Kansans want to educate their children. They want to build our roads. They want to take care of those in need and pass on something better to the next generation. Those are Kansas values, Kansas Republican values. I'll accept that label. Uh, what's your message for my listeners? Obviously, it's called Biz Talk with Bill Roy. So what's your message for my listeners, those, those men and women in the south central Kansas area who are running and owning 
small and medium-sized businesses. Yeah, my message is very clear. The number one challenge for the next governor is economic growth for this state. We have lagged behind. It's just incredibly uh, disheartening how slowly we have grown, actually contracted in 2017, our GDP. So we've traveled the state now almost two years in a red F-150 parked outside. <laughs> 79,000 miles, original tires. I can't believe how much tread was still left on those That's tires. That's pretty good. One new windshield. We got rocked to death here in, in Wichita behind a dump truck. But the number one challenge is economic growth, and that is what we have focused on, and that is what I'm looking forward to talking with you about today. Well, let's talk about some specific industries. I'll tick through them a little bit. We'll take them in bullet point fashion. We start with oil and gas. How do you help the energy sector if you become governor? First of all, we want to recognize that they're a very, very important sector. All energy is important, and I think that's one of the things we do well in Kansas, but we could always do better. So if you visit with them, and we have workforce as an issue, you know, the, the industry's been up and down. They lost a lot of their workforce, and, and now they're struggling to bring new workforce back in. Or they may be struggling with people who don't know the job as well, or perhaps maybe a few more years have gotten <laughs> behind their birthdays. So right. Injuries and so forth are a greater problem. So workforce is an issue, regulatory another you know we need to always recognize the challenges with regulations in, in business I practice medicine I've been doing that for 36 years and now 12 days um, <laughs> it, it just it just kills me I spend two or three minutes of every office visit clicking on things that absolutely add nothing to value right and so it's the same thing for business over and over again so you're still seeing patients. We want to make that clear. I practice Monday morning, well, actually all day Monday and Tuesday mornings. Now, I did that for two reasons, my sanity and my staff's sanity, <laughs> right. all right? But I want to make this clear. The state's in such a mess that we need a full-time governor and full-time lieutenant governor to fix the mess we're in, and we will commit to full-time. There will be no second job for us. It's going to be 100% commitment to the state of Kansas. You grew up on a farm in Redding, Kansas. Tell us about uh, how you would help agriculture. I know that's uh, that's something that's important to you. You know, Bill, I'm a, I'm still a farm kid at heart. I love farming. I had asthma and hay fever as a kid and decided <laughs> I shouldn't farm. So I, I chose medicine as the next best thing. And by the way, I, I did half of my medical school here in Wichita. And I want to just point out that wonderful doctors like Dr. Barry Murphy, Dr. Jim and George Farha, those were my mentors. Uh, Dr. Hugo Weber, and I still practice practice to this day, the character that I carry through medicine, all of those ethical um, issues that I work with day in and out with patients, that's where I, I get to. So uh, ag and livestock is huge. We pick six topics to run on, and, and on the ag and livestock issue, number one issue is, is workforce. We have to respect that we have a significant need for immigrant workforce. Now, we want all of our workforce to be here in the state legally. I want to make make sure that's qualified up front. Right. But immigrant workforce is huge to the state, and if we lose that, we'll kill ag for sure. Second issue is water. So we need a governor who's going to look both short-term and long-term or through the microscope and through the telescope for water. Uh, there, there are many issues there involved with conservation, with technology, but we also need to be looking long-term at water transport, I believe, and that's from the east to the west. It needs to be multi-state. The governor should already be leading on that. It hasn't happened, but that needs to happen. Third is regulatory. As we talked, you know, we have a, actually, this is a good example. We have a friend who wanted to expand his feedlot in Finney County, Garden City. 
He waited nine months just to get a permit from KDHE to pour cement. He could have unloaded cattle and expanded economic growth. Why? Because of the Brownback Collier tax experiment. Let me better phrase that, the Brownback Collier tax disaster. KDHE was cut so much that they couldn't get a permit for nine months. And now the fourth issue, of course, is, is tariffs and the issue of a trade war. So those are the issues facing ag. How does the governor of Kansas exert influence and try to change uh, if they're inclined to, to change the mind of the administration on tariffs, of course, we've heard from ag producers, we've heard from manufacturers, uh, we've also got tariffs that we're dealing with, uh, trade with Canada, Mexico, the North America Free Trade Agreement. How does the governor exert the influence to help protect Kansas businesses? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want you to know that I, I respect our president and will work with our president. And I respect our, our congressmen and women now, presently, and our, our state, our United States senators. So having a relationship and working with him is, is really important. But we, we have to be sensitive and understand the risk here involved with not only ag, uh, let's talk about your business. The print paper mm -hmm. costs have gone up because of that. There are a lot of um, journalists, a lot of newspapers across the state, you know, struggling right now to make it work. Right. And when you add that 33% increase on the cost of paper alone, that may, may be enough to put somebody out of business. So uh, I think that if we're going to call it a war, uh, we need some end game. We need a long-term plan. And we need to be part of that conversation to make sure there's some long-term plan or end game for this state. You know, ag has been hurt really badly. A combination of two things, uh, poor commodity prices, but high property taxes. Right. When Collier and Brownback tanked our state budget and brought this state down to its knees with the tax disaster, uh, what happened is property tax went up locally because the state didn't balance its budget. They shifted that back to cities and counties and increased property tax. So it's a perfect storm, high property tax, low commodities. And what Kansas needs to do is we need a balanced budget in Topeka. As you travel the state, are you hearing from ag producers and other business people about the impact of those tariffs on their businesses? Yes, and I really appreciate that question. And just so you know, we were in Garden City last night and I know we're here in Wichita today, but, you know, we've made 13 or 14 trips out west. Uh, we've been to Garden City eight or nine times alone. Uh, we want uh, everyone to know that Rosie and I understand the state goes all the way to Colorado. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's really interesting. Yeah, certainly on a high level, they're concerned. People who have been trying to open up new markets, for instance, with China in ag and livestock. Uh, they're concerned. There are others out there who they know there are so many variables in, in production whether it be the weather or the markets, mm -hmm. they, think they, just, they just keep their heads down and keep doing their thing right. day after day, month after month, year after year, and know that that's how they survive. Aviation and aerospace and manufacturing goes along with that. What, uh, what can you do for that industry? Yeah, I love that question. I want to talk about that in a broader perspective of economic growth. You know, um, we, used to, uh, we used to think that the state was uh, just, just uh, all the same, but it's not. Our state is very different regionally. Um, and if you actually go around and talk to businessmen and women what they need to succeed, here's, here's what they've told us over and over. They need workforce, workforce training, right. infrastructure, education, health care, quality of life issues to have workers come. The second thing is this. The regional differences are stark. You know, Wichita is so much different than southwest Kansas, so mm -hmm. much different than southeast so much than 
different than Johnson County. So we need a governor that recognizes regional differences. And the last time we actually did that in the state of Kansas was when Bill Graves was governor. Our last, our last economic development package for Kansas was seven years of zeroing out taxes for just a few, and we'll let everything else go to waste. So in the aviation sector, which we are so proud of and so glad of what's going on here, mm -hmm. we need to support that. But look on a supply chain basis as well. What are we doing now that we could do even more beforehand in terms of, of manufacturing right here? What can we do after that? And most importantly, it's workforce. We, we just came from the... Uh, Wichita Workforce Center. We have met with Sherry Utash, and we know what great things you're doing here in Wichita. We have 50,000 open jobs in the state right now that do not require a four-year college degree. So we need a governor that's going to get education and business together and train that workforce. And that is one of the most powerful things that I can do as governor is change that narrative and, and coordinate and collaborate and, and market what's going on right now. But we could do so much better. If we want to grow the state's economy, let's fill those 50,000 jobs. Of course, education, a big part of that, as you said, the connection between education and business in the state. You're a former school board member. Yes. Uh, tell us about how, as governor, you would uh, you would help take care of education and uh, and be able to make that connection between education and business. Yeah, boy, I love that question. You know, we spent a lot of time developing our economic development plan. I was in a meeting with some very successful business people in the Kansas City area for part of this. One of them said, Jim, I ship out 3000 jobs a year to Bangalore, India alone because I can't hire people trained in the Kansas City area in IT. And the other gentleman said, yes, you know, Jim, we ought to be teaching computer coding in second grade. It ought to be fun. It ought to be done across the state, but we're not. So I, I realized we need a new relationship between business and education. Back to your point. Mm -hmm. I termed that enterprising academics. I called it enterprising because one of the gentlemen has a multi-billion dollar multinational company. It's a real enterprise. But it is a new relationship with business business and education. So business, business and education should be at the table. You should be able to tell me if you're a businessman, Jim, and I'm in education, here's the workforce I need, this is what I need, and I should be responding and, and working to develop that. If I'm an educator, I should be going to you in, in business saying, what do you need? How can we help? That is what has been missing now. There's something really cool going on in Kansas right now called Kansans Can. It's a redesign of our schools. Randy Watson, Commissioner of Education. We strongly support it, but we need to embed that in middle school and high school, career technical ed. Our kids should be coming out of, of uh, high school with certificates, degrees, stackable certificates, going on into technical and community college programs, working with people like Keith Lawing here in mm -hmm. Wichita at the Wichita Workforce Center collaborating with other agencies and cabinet heads across the state. The most important position I will appoint as a cabinet position when governor is secretary of commerce, and we need to fund it robustly and fund those programs. There's so much more we could do as governor and lieutenant governor. Taking a look now at healthcare. Obviously, you're a physician. You've been in the healthcare system for, as you say, 35 years. You've been a practicing doctor. Um, how about healthcare in Kansas? How do you, as governor, uh, then try to support and grow the uh, the healthcare industry in the state. Oh wow! Uh, thanks for that question. I, 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 you may have to shut me up here. <laughs> all right, I'm going to try to keep this brief. But first of all, the state should expand Medicaid uh, for both humanitarian and economic reasons. If you don't have access to healthcare, you wait until it's too late. Maybe lose a limb. Maybe lose a life. Uh, we we also have lost out on great economic opportunity. We're sending our own tax dollars to other states. 
states over $2 billion, and yet we have hospitals are facing closure. We, we went to Independence, Kansas, a community of over 9,000. They lost their hospital. How do you attract business to your community if you don't have a hospital? Think about that. Right. So for humanitarian and economic reasons, we should expand Medicaid. Now, uh, there's, there's much more to it than that. We have a $3.2 billion can care or Medicaid system. This is Governor Collier's pet project. We have no idea about accountability for that program. Uh, the state's own auditors don't know what kind of value we're getting out of it. You may hear the governor say he saved $2 billion. That's, that's a bogus story. Actually, costs have gone up with the privatization. We're sending our dollars out of state. The United Healthcare CEO made over $66 million last salary when those dollars should be in Kansas supporting hospitals. So the other really bad thing that's happening here, two, th two things. One is that local communities are raising sales tax and property tax to keep their hospitals opening. So we're sending our tax money out of state while communities across the state are raising local taxes just to keep their doors open. And, and how crazy is that? The other thing is nursing homes. A lot of nursing homes are closing or will not accept new Medicaid patients. People outlive their resources to no fault of their own many times. So the nursing homes don't get paid or get paid too late. Out in Tribune, out by Colorado border, a couple was in the nursing home 17 months. The, the family did everything right with all the forms over and over again, deny, deny, deny. The woman died. The, the nursing home facility swallowed 17 months of care. And then, of course, they struggled to stay open. We've privatized the application process to something called Maximus, out-of-state, $25 million a year out-of-state company that is not doing their work. And yet, Governor Carrier continues to keep that contract. They should be fined and fired. Medicaid expansion is uh, probably an area where you differ from the other Republican candidates. Talk about that. It is. You know, I'm the only Republican candidate um, that is saying we should expand Medicaid. Uh, to be quite honest, we're quite out of the box um, as candidates, but we are the alternative to Brownback and Collier, what we've gone through. If, if you want a Republican who is going to turn this state around, you have to look at Barnett Hansen. You know, any good farmer will tell you uh, you shouldn't eat your seed corn. Kansas ate its seed corn. We have become a state that lives month to month, paycheck to paycheck. Even worse than that, we have become a credit card debt state. New, new money spent on resurfacing roads is bonded money. 20 years interest only payments before we pay any principal. Our children and grandchildren will be paying on interest only bonds and those roads will have worn out. Since 2010, Brownback and Collier bonded over 1.3 billion, that's what it'd be, billion dollars for highway projects. Again, interest only for 20 years. So we can't make money. No one can make money if you don't put money in the bank. It's time to invest. And what has happened is Brownback and Collier have institutionalized debt for this state. Rosie and I will change that. What's the biggest challenge to success, do you think, for the uh, Kansas business community? Oh, right now, it's workforce. Every place we go, yeah. people don't have enough workers. 50,000 open jobs. We can't go into any community where they're struggling to find a workforce. And, and this is one of the harms of spending all of our time in court fighting. Rather than being in court, we ought to be working in the classroom and training those, those, uh, those young workers, those children, so that they're ready to go into the workforce. And what's, what's interesting about that is if you train them in programs, you know, career 
career programs, welders, electricians, plumbers, the list goes on and on. Many times they'll stay in the state and stay in that region. And that's also how we, by the way, rebuild our middle class and, and grow more taxpayers in this state as well. Right now, we struggle because many young people leave the state. And that's one of the six topics we picked is young professionals. How do we attract and retain young people? We have visited with your Chamber of Commerce here in Wichita and with the Young Professionals Group. And you're doing some really cool things. You're investing your, in your town, your, your city. That's what we need to do statewide. But clearly, workforce is the number one challenge. Yep. Technology is important to business success, especially access to fast internet connections. How does Kansas pr improve that access, and especially in rural Kansas? No, you're absolutely correct. You know, this is really kind of fun for me as I practice medicine. I'll take care of somebody as a patient who maybe lives in Kansas, works for a company on the East Coast that actually services a company on the West Coast, okay? Right. So you don't have to live where you work anymore. And that's one of the values of Kansas. If we had connectivity, think of how we could grow our state's population and people who want to come here for a clean, safe environment, all the amenities that could be part of Kansas if we had a high-speed internet. So I see this as part of infrastructure. And I, I hope we get to talk about infrastructure today too. Sure. But it is part of infrastructure needs, and we've got to have it across state and and that's how we can grow economically that helps bring us into this century talk about infrastructure and what kansas needs and and what you would support if you become governor yeah so you know again if you talk to businessmen and women what they need for economic growth and success in their business workforce workforce training number three is infrastructure and of course we've we've seen brownback and collier raid this program so they've raided every cookie jar they could get and the balance to balance the budget they're still raiding k dot delaying capers and there's no new money for roads so we need a governor who's going to put forth a plan for a comprehensive highway program transportation program infrastructure program it's it's not just roads and bridges it's it's air and rail and connectivity within right. it is all part of that and we're going to have to have a funding mechanism a dedicated funding mechanism to pay for that again we're not going to grow as a state if we don't invest and we need four lane highways in in many corners of this state 69 169 down in southeast kansas 54 we bump along as we go out to liberal and to the southwest so we've got to in, invest in infrastructure, and, and that'll be one of the key things that I was, will do as governor. We've got to have a governor who's going to put forth a budget and a way to pay for it. Otherwise, we're not going to get out of the mess that we have gotten into with the last uh, seven years with Brownback and Collier. Talk about your choice for Lieutenant Governor running mate. <laughs> I'd love to talk about my choice. <laughs> Rosie Hansen is your uh, Lieutenant Governor running mate. She's here in the uh, in the room with us today. She also happens to be your wife. That's that's a little unusual. Yeah, like I said, we're out of the box. Right. Uh, well, let me let me first of all say that the usual criteria that people use for a running mate, say geography, somebody from a particular part of the state money, someone that can bring money to the ticket, or political connections. I discarded all of those. I want somebody who's correct on the issues, who understands the issues for the state, and who I trust can step in at a minute's notice and be governor. Now, I've practiced medicine a long time. I'm in perfect health. I don't take any prescription <laughs> medicine, get me? But you never know. Rosie has been with me in almost every meeting over the past two years developing what we call our, our One Kansas Agenda. Those are the ideas that we have heard from Kansans. Our ideas for how to fix the state it's come from listening to Kansans. We found that Kansans knew the issues, they knew the answers, they just needed somebody to listen to them. Right. So she's right on the issues, but listen to this. Rosie has served her country for, for 26 years in tough spots like Bosnia, 
Afghanistan, Kuwait after the Gulf War, uh, the border countries of the Soviet Union after the Soviet Union fell apart in the capacity of a chief operating officer of U.S. embassies. Her expertise has been in management and efficiency in government, which I know sounds a bit like an oxymoron there. But <laughs> Kansas government went off the rails over the last seven years. We've got to get it back on the rails. That's her area of expertise. The other, the other really important thing about Rosie is she's been supporting those that are involved with trade international markets by working in our U.S. embassies. She knows other governments around the world. She knows which governments work and don't, what connections are necessary. So she will be huge to helping us with markets and maintaining and expanding those. And think of how that ties in with ag and livestock and aviation and all the other great industries that we have in this state. So I chose Rosie for those reasons, and she's the best pick. Talk about the Trump effect. Uh, it seems like there's been a Trump effect on lots of different areas uh, of American life. Will there be a, a Trump effect on the Kansas gubernatorial race, you think? You know, I, I tell my patients my crystal ball broke a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, you know, that's a great question. I really appreciate that. And, and it's a real head scratcher um, because, uh, you know, sometimes you think, wow, that's great. And then some other times you're scratching your head wondering where we're going on that one. So I like to look at uh, look at that on a very issue-specific basis. And, uh, of course, we respect our president. We support our president. And, of course, we hope for good outcomes, uh, both nationally and, and internationally. What is your plan uh, as you lead up to the August 7th primary? You're still traveling around the state, I assume? <laughs> We're still driving the truck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how many miles we get. I think these tires are going to last. These, these treads are amazing to me. Well, listen, uh, we have invested heavily in grassroots. We have found that by, by meeting with people, that's how we win them over, and we can talk, and they, they realize, hey, here's somebody with some common sense who's really focused on fixing things in Kansas, not looking at you know, their next election. I, I do want to commend the legislature that was elected in 2016. They overrode the veto of the governor's tax plan. They knew they were going to get clobbered for those votes, but they did what was necessary to create a new economic foundation in the state. So we have a functional legislature now. We just need a functional governor. And we are the only alternative, Republican alternative, to to the Brownback Collier type years. And, and, you know, the same people that control Brownback control Collier. They really do. Um, the same people that elected him are working on his campaign now, the same people supporting him financially, same deal. So we are the only Republican alternative to helping this state pivot. We're going to continue with that message. Kansas is a great state, but it's much different than it was seven years ago. The amount of poverty is astounding and disheartening across the state. If we don't pivot, we're never going to know Kansas like we used to know it, the state we used to love. So we've got to reinvest, and that's what Rosie and I are all about. Dr. Jim Barnett is a Republican running for governor. The primary is August 7th. We wish you luck and uh, hope we see you again. Thank you so much. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Our next candidate for governor, you'll hear from Republican Chris Kobach. We're still trying to get Governor Collier scheduled. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 62. Check out all the episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We appreciate it. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. 
Have a profitable week.